Allow me to add my thanks to Peter and all of the amazing musicians and worship leaders uh, that have made this time together possible. Um, we are blessed indeed. Let us pray. Lord God, as we listen to your holy word, open our hearts to the movement of your spirit. Call us out of darkness and lead us into your marvelous light. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Today's gospel lesson is from the gospel according to John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Hear these words of scripture, beginning with words from Jesus. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Most of the time I choose my preaching text from one of the four assigned for the day from the Revised Common Lectionary. I do so not because it's required in our tradition, but because it helps instill a little discipline to guard against picking and choosing our favorite texts and leaving out the ones that we don't like so much, the ones that seem to make claims that leave us uncomfortable 
or with too many unanswered questions, or to try to manipulate scripture to fit some circumstance. Today's gospel text is the lectionary assigned one for this day. And as so often happens, the text has an uncanny way of speaking to present circumstances. In today's text, Jesus begins to prepare his disciples for the day that he will no longer be present with them on earth. He begins to say goodbye to them and reassure them when they're uncertain about what's next. And yes, I'm going to go there. With the news that I shared with you earlier this week about my new call to serve at Westminster Presbyterian Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, we too find ourselves beginning the process of saying goodbye to one another, a process that we will have a few more weeks to work through. Saying goodbye is a hard thing, and yet the ability to do so is a gift. Yes, a gift. Because I can tell you, not being able to say goodbye to someone is an even harder thing. If you've experienced the sudden loss of someone you love without warning, you know what I'm talking about. If you're one of those high school seniors who left school one day thinking you'd come back in a few weeks when the pandemic slowed and now you realize it was your last day there and you didn't even know it and you couldn't even mark that ending, you know what I'm talking about. If someone you care about has to move away suddenly and they're gone before you even learned about it, you know what I'm talking about as well. Hard as it is, the ability to prepare and say goodbye to someone is a gift. And today, the lectionary has given us this text where Jesus begins to prepare his disciples for his impending departure. This text is about Jesus saying goodbye and his disciples coming to terms with what that means for them going forward. Now let's be clear, this text is about Jesus' leave-taking, not mine. And that is precisely where its saving grace lies for us in our time. For the one we follow isn't any one of us physically sitting or standing here wearing a robe or a stole. The one that we follow is sitting around the table with his disciples, where we too are invited to sit. It's Jesus' last supper with them. He's knelt at their feet and tenderly washed them. He shared with them what it means to truly love one another. He's foretold the betrayal he'll soon face and predicted Peter's impending denial. Jesus has broken the news that he's going to leave them soon. And where he's going, they can't come along. This is a really tender and vulnerable time for them. There's sadness. What do you mean you're leaving? You can't go. 
There's confusion. We're your followers, right? Followers are supposed to follow, so what do you mean we can't follow where you're going? There's anxiety over what's next. We've been through everything together. What are we going to do now? How will we face the future? How will we know what direction to go and how to get there? How will we know the way? This is the existential crisis that the disciples face. Now, it's certainly a hard thing to move away from people you love and care about. I know that from experience multiple times over. And I've also been on the other side, among those left behind by someone you counted on. And I think that's often harder. There's so much less in your control. It feels like something is being done to you. And I imagine that might be what the disciples are feeling. And to them, Jesus says in the ultimate pastoral moment, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In other words, trust God. Trust me. For that is the heart of belief. As Becky, Becca, and I have worked with the commissioning class members and their faith partners on their faith statements, we've talked a lot about what it means to believe. And the kind of believing that Jesus talks about here isn't about intellectual assent. It's not about ascribing to a particular set of ideologies or statements. It's about the act of trust, of consciously and actively putting your trust in the person who is the very revelation of God to us. In a way, it's about reclaiming our God-given agency to act rather than to be acted upon. And if we think John's gospel isn't serious about belief as trust, just note that it comes up 98 times as a verb, not a noun. Jesus means it when he asks his disciples to actively trust him, even as he goes ahead to prepare a place where all may abide. Trust him. Commit yourselves to his person, because not only will he show you the way to God, he is the way, for he and God are one. Now, this text carries a lot of human baggage with it. It's often used to make exclusive claims about who's in and who's out of God's eternal favor. But I submit that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Context matters. And here, Jesus is talking to his disciples, his most cherished, most beloved disciples. He's talking to people who already know him. It's what Richard Boyce calls a family conversation, a locker room pep talk, a word of comfort and challenge for those who are already following. Jesus consoles them at a time when they are grieving to give them courage when they are fearful. 
Jesus tells them to abide in his presence that is already here. He's not a means to a destination. He is the destination. And he's right here. Wright's voice. The constant move of Jesus in John is to recognize our fears regarding the future, then ask us how to overcome those by abiding in Jesus' presence with us now. It's a positive statement of promise in the face of despair, not a categorical statement of exclusion. Besides, as Boyce points out, if you look at how Jesus deals with people who misunderstand him, Jesus always gives them space and time to figure it out. People like Thomas, who can't figure out the way. And people like Philip, who was such an ardent early follower and proclaimer of Jesus that he could be the next candidate for the membership and evangelism committee. And he doesn't understand either. Even after spending so much time with Jesus, Philip still doesn't understand that by knowing God, he knows Jesus, and by knowing Jesus, he knows God and abides in God. Friends, there is so much going on in the world today that we can't make sense of, that we can't understand, and we don't know the way through. It's hard enough to make sense of yet another transition another goodbye in the life of this church. It's hard to even know what to say anymore about the COVID-19 pandemic that we are so tired of, except to lament all of the goodbyes that had to be said and all of the goodbyes that couldn't be said, and to wonder when we can come together again. It brings to mind Ahmaud Arbery, who was callously shot and killed running wild black, and whose family was forced against their will to say goodbye because of our nation's deeply embedded racism. Jesus said to his disciples and says to us, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe, place your trust in God, trust in me. We often hear these words from Jesus at memorial services for good reason. They're powerful and comforting. I personally hang on to a memory of a particular pastor repeating Jesus' words over and over again at one of those times. And these words are also for today. This text has everything to do with our lives right now. For Jesus' words of farewell to his disciples show us the way forward. Caroline Lewis writes that for Jesus and his disciples, things will never be the same after they leave this meal together. And yet goodbyes do not erase the past. In fact, goodbyes call to mind the past so that a future is possible. A future is possible. For Jesus' disciples, that future is one of holding on to their relationship with him by remembering what was, 
said Lewis, for the disciples, it will mean everything to remember what was because that is exactly what Jesus promises for their future. Abiding with him, with God, intimate at the bosom of both. And his goodbye gives them permission to live and even a commission to love. Friends, even though we are dwelling in places we're not particularly fond of right now, Jesus has given us another dwelling place, an abiding place that is with us even now. And that place isn't even a place at all, but a person who dwells with us, in us, in the middle of all of this. Jesus has given us himself. He is our way forward. May we keep our eyes focused on him. May we abide in him and in his promise that we too may find the way. Amen.